In a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life except for the lucky few who have boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. It's like, I think I had steak before. I can remember. It's like, dude, you were born on the train. You've never had steak. I'm sorry to break this to you. That was steak. steak uh-uh. I'm not a farmer. I don't know much about chickens, but I know they don't lay eggs once a year. Like... <laughs> Her death scene just like lingers for so long after she dies. Yeah. Like, there are like so there are rave cars where yeah. there's just a plethora of drugs, like crazy yeah. costumes. Yeah, everybody. Like, good looking people, like this is a fire place. So sad and depressing, but all right. And then we get to that part and I'm like, okay, even like the hero or who's supposed to be the hero, uh, the leader of this revolution is a psycho. Yeah, lucky few. Lucky few. That's an interesting choice that they decided. Lucky. They <laughs> said lucky. Lucky. <laughs> Kill me. Hello, lucky man. Um. Hello, welcome, lucky. guys. Uh, today we are talking about <laughs> Snowpiercer. <laughs> um, lucky. I guess. Uh, Rem, I think we're gonna start with you today. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just uh, your your kind of uh, overall thoughts on the movie. Where 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 are we at? <laughs> Before I, I say nothing nice about this movie, I want to say that like I love a creative movie. I like original concepts in a world where everything is remade and rewritten. Like I'd love that this is you know an original thought. Where I'll are you going it, with this? That's cool. Like I'll give it that. But dude, this is the most depressing, sad, like <laughs> disturbing that's... movie I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's hard to disturb me. I, I got issues. Like this. This. <laughs> movie it dials it to 11 instantly and it just rides that the entire time there's no like peaks and valleys in this there's it's just wah, wah. <laughs> this is terrible okay okay now this is even worse and now this is even worse it's like it's like requiem for a dream like even if the movie is like objectively good who the hell wants to watch it a second time? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> nobody, man. And like, I get like I get the allegory of the entire thing. I get the metaphors for classism and we're stuck in the system. But like allegories suck based on general principle. Have you ever read <laughs> Animal Farm again since high school? <laughs> no, you haven't. Fuck this movie, garbage. Go ahead, talk about it. Um, I, I, well, I, I think that's pretty funny because he's. This uh, I think the last movie that that was uh, the king on this mountain was Old Boy, which you recommended. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for this one to take the crown is is, is kind of an accomplishment. Well, boy did it. <laughs> God, oh, no piercer. Um, yeah, this movie. So this movie had a lot. Um, <laughs> to like, uh-huh. there's a lot to talk about, and some that I just want to kind of avoid talking about. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, as the story opens up, we see that there's clearly the poorest citizens living in the slum of the train, and like we see everybody sitting down row after row, and then all of a sudden, big mountain of a man, Chris Evans, is just like right in the middle of the crowd, and he refuses to sit. <laughs> and so, strong man, he's just like Which sitting is kind there. Of- Staring past kind of weird. Yeah, it was he's been weird. doing this for 17, 18 years, and now he decides to just stand up. Like, <laughs> now it's been long enough. Now it's yeah. Now his, you've gone too far. His explanation of 
I'm counting. Well, he's like, in that situation, it's like, you can see all the doors just as well from your seated position. And, like, all you're doing is rallying, like, riling up the guards before your plotted revolution. <laughs> so, like, the, the, two, the two scenes early in the movie that I, I deem as the most disturbing for me, um, I named them uh, The Violinist and His Wife. Is the first one. Oh yeah. I uh, forgot about that old man. Why even bring him up? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, now I'm depressed again. Go ahead. And then Claude taking the children. Mm, um Claude. which was just like I don't know how she knew that there was another child in the crowd. I guess like you hear like a little sound, but like there's no way to know exactly where that came from and who made the noise. But he she just like goes straight over to where the child is inside the crowd of people and is just like, she's hide- she's hiding her kid. Can you guys take the kid? <laughs> she's just like, I don't know. I, that was that was really weird. Claude is just a weird character all around that I don't fully understand. We'll get more into talking about Claude later on. I have some other things that I want to There's like up. a Hunger Games offshoot character that they didn't use. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's the Claude is the, the Tilda Swinton character, right? No. Claude is the, oh, that, it's the, the woman in yellow. Woman in yellow. Right. Yeah. I, I had her originally in my notes as a stone-faced lady. Um, she's intense. She's yeah. really oh, that she, one. She, I'm she, the old she lady. took that shoe uh, when they throw that shoe at her. She yes. just takes it and Bam. so there's the like blood, and she's just. I have a whole different thing about what George she's Bush. supposed to represent um, in the like universe of this movie. So like during the so the the whole movie plays on themes of like um you know classism and oppression and all that kind of stuff and it basically some of the themes break down to basically the people in the back of the train have no rights the people in the back of the train have no power they are just completely like helpless waiting for the people to open the door and give them food that they need to survive that's basically how they live their lives day to day and so, like, in the scene where their kids are being taken away by these armed guards, there's literally nothing they can do to stop it. And even in his most defi- de- uh, defiant moment, that guy takes his shoe off, throws a guard to the ground, and throws his shoe at her. She doesn't even react. He doesn't even have the, like, emotional payoff of being able to inflict some sort of damage, meaningful damage to them. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're being like treated as if you have zero power in a situation, and he does the one thing he can do to like reach out and fight back against that lack of power, she still takes the power back by not reacting at all, by just like taking the hit by the shoe, and she's just like, "I'm fine," even though I'm bleeding from the forehead. Like it's just like it's it could have been one of those moments where like everybody else sees him like throw the shoe and she's like actually hurt. And then it's like, Oh, it shows that these people in the front of the cars are vulnerable, but it's like, no, she just took it and <laughs> just like kept going. And like when the people tried to see if she was okay, she's like, get away from me. I'm fine. <laughs> um, yeah. A good number two to have. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, ruthless okay. and not afraid to steal children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I have so, on my. Uh, I need that a good on my person team. to have on your team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your team. Um, 
That's that's what my uh, monster.com, when I'm looking for applicants, <laughs> that's what I put in there. It must be able to withstand a shoe to the forehead. We'll test an interview. <laughs> we'll test an interview. <laughs> I thought the, the plan with using the barrels uh, to like keep the doors from closing. Yeah, uh, what about that? Like, did you, did you like that? Um, I thought that that was their most well thought out plan throughout the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, They're kind of playing it by ear. Everything for the rest after of it. that, that I was just like, like, open the door and see what happens. <laughs> isn't that like that's a pretty perfect shot that they had to do with that? Oh yeah, too, right. To I like mean, there's so many that. things that could have just like hitched on and stopped, you know, but it. It was perfect right down the middle. Uh, I don't know how they did that on their first try. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. since they were like pushing a wagon that just had like two wheels. And so like if those wheels weren't like perfectly centered when they first started, then it's just going to like drive them into the wall constantly as they're trying yeah. to push the damn thing. Yeah, they've never practiced that before. You know, it was pretty, pretty impressive actually. Um, and then like... So was there, like, people in the tube? There was at least one guy in the tube. We saw him run out. But, like, other than that, was it just meant to keep the door open? I think so. Because, yeah, like, yeah, I, I feel like there's an easier way to do it besides, like, linking them all together in a giant pipe and doing it. But I don't know. I've done that in Titanic when the doors were closing. <laughs> and the water was... Never mind. Different movie. Um, <laughs> Different time. Different time. <laughs> Um, still cold still cold <laughs> yeah yeah but the the rest of their plan after that is kind of trash um they, they're just like we need to make it to the prison section so we can get the other doors open but their plans as to like what to do once the doors are open is this just like uh well i don't know we'll have to see <laughs> and it's like <laughs> the fact that they were uh, i don't want to jump too far ahead right away but the fact that they were like when they meet the guys in the the train uh, that are like the they have the stupid face masks and the the axes, they open oh, yeah. that door, and they're just like, "Oh shit! I guess we're just doing this now." And then like <laughs> yeah. the the lights go out, and it's like you could have had a better plan and been like, "Okay, what are the things that they could do to us? What if they turn the lights out?" <laughs> you couldn't have thought of that ahead of time and been like here's what we do if that happens you three guys you're gonna be in charge of this you're gonna be in charge of lighting this thing on fire so we have light to see throughout the fight and then you just pass out torches <laughs> yeah yeah they clearly never saw or the 300 might never exist in this world because it's like the immortals or the invincibles whatever they were called you got to funnel them in you got to take them out one by one and they just uh charge into that room uh yeah. and then they turn the lights off and they were really there were a lot of casualties uh, and, yeah, a lot a lot of people out, died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but that leads to like led to one of the Probably my favorite scene, which was the the torch scene. You know, yeah. one by one, mm. they grabbing the torch and running in, and then yeah. they, you know, that was cool. Very uh, Olympic Games like. Right. Uh, yeah. That was yeah. that was tight. That's um, the last thing I'll say about this movie positively. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Yona. I think that's her name. Mm. I, I can't find it in my notes at the moment. What do you think about her being like clairvoyant? 
a little weird. <laughs> it seems a little yeah. out of place in the overall. Yeah. Movie. Like, it's just like, let's just throw this detail in there for nothing. And she's um, only clairvoyant, like, right before the thing opens. She can, yeah. Like, she's not, like, five seconds ahead of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> the clairvoyance is kind of pointless, you know? It's like, yeah. I can tell what's going to happen exactly three seconds into the future. <laughs> it's like, does that actually help you at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ball's already in the roulette wheel, you know? Like, you can't even put your bet down before that. Like, it doesn't yeah. do anything for you. <laughs> um, so, like... That that did that weird story thing that they decided to add in of her ha being clairvoyant led to one of my favorite like uh, uh, images in the movie uh, is like just before they go into the room with all the axe guys and she's saying don't open the door and then she turns to yell at her dad and as she's turning to yell lock the door it's like opening behind her in slow motion it's just a really like well done shot. And, like, mm -hmm. I remember when I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this stuff's about to go down yeah. hard right now. It, it was just, that, that that's a really nice... Uh, I think that's that's one of my favorite things about the movie is that, you know, it's kind of like, with every train, like, you don't know what's going to be on the next car. It's going to be a bigger, badder enemy. There's going to be different weapons. You know, they go to the, the rich people. Like, it, I, I don't know. I, I think that every car is kind of like a different surprise and kind of a nice little... Uh, all of a sudden they're in like the there's like first graders being taught like which those cars like in order that they are that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense how many people are on this train and then the slaughterhouse yeah. <laughs> as we're going back it doesn't uh, make any sense there's there's not enough uh like uh rooms for people to sleep in I feel no, like. they, they didn't I mean, actually show any of the actual living cars yeah, yeah. <laughs> not at all but, but everybody one, knows the sushi bar does need to be by the first graders, though. I think we can all agree. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when they first go through into the room with the guys with the masks, they're, like, sitting there and, like, staring at these guys while they, like, dip their axes in a fish, which is, I don't know yeah, if what was, I understand that. What was that? I don't Did know you... what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> but it's yeah does that just mean something or does it it's poison probably or... is it for infection like if you probably. slice somebody that's, to get infected from it that's that, what, like, the only thing i could think yeah, of even if they're injured and you don't kill them they're probably going to die yeah you're gonna get um, gangrene or something yeah that's probably a good moment i was like is it just some sort of like ritualistic thing are they just trying to psych themselves up by getting blood on their axe before they go like yeah. I, I i thought it was really weird and i you know, and I, like, I, why is there even like a blood cult on this train? <laughs> Where, like, are they the people that were part of this? Were they just like normal people who like live in the rave area that they're like, hey, we need you to like kill the poor? <laughs> like, who are the people with the masks? You know, I don't. It's true. Yeah. Or did they just all, all live in that? Rest? Did they all just live in that section? Like, you're there to protect against an uprising at yeah. all times. Yeah, stand here, hold this axe. <laughs> this is your life. Put on this stupid mask that for some reason has your mouth open, but your eyes covered. It was a dumb mask. <laughs> really stupid mask. Yeah. It's like a really bad criminal. It's like, we're going to put you in a room where you have to fight a bunch of like really dirty, sloppy people when they come through the door. Um, but we're going to put a blindfold on you. But don't worry, because the lights will go out and nobody will be able to see. But we'll give you night vision goggles. But you won't really be able to look through them, seeing as how you have a bag <laughs> over your head. 
fire. I mean, that, that's that's definitely a, a symptom in a movie of like making a stylistic choice over like a practical one that makes sense in the universe. Yeah. Also, the uh, Chris Evans grabs the gun because he's like testing his theory of like they have no bullets. Why did he put the barrel to his own head? Why didn't he just pull the trigger and like? <laughs> He didn't have to put it to his head. He was probably hoping that yeah, they had bullets. Yeah, kill me. <laughs> Do yeah. it. One way or another, I've had enough of your shit today. Yeah. Fair, because dude, if I was on, I'd be. I would have killed myself seventeen years ago, man. I would have yeah. been. I'm not. I'm not eating. A as soon as the sky <laughs> falls, out, as soon as the sky falls out, I'm dead. You know, if that like volcano in Yellowstone ever explodes, like they were saying it's going to. I'm gone. I'm out of this world, man. I'm not dealing with the fallout of that. Uh-uh. No, no, no. It's not worth it. Like, this movie is, is propaganda for chemtrails, actually. That's that's my biggest takeaway. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? The, I mean, that's how the movie opens, very dramatically, on chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, global warming's bad, but global freezing is worse (laughs) (laughs) going back to the uh, cinematography for a second in the 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 fight scene with the axe guys at the very beginning when the fight scene starts it looks like the footage is sped up a little bit um not Mm. like a, a huge amount that like it was actually distracting for the movie but i feel like they sped it up just a tiny bit to make it feel more chaotic at the beginning of the battle um, and like you see how fast people are like swinging their axes and it like it doesn't actually make sense for them to be able to like swing quite that fast and have as much power as they're supposed to. It, it just looks like it's a little sped up, but I feel like it adds to the like chaotic nature of the fight when it first breaks out. Um, as the fight continues and we start following Curtis, Chris Evans, we uh, like the, the camera starts slowing down and like following him. A little bit more closely and so everything kind of slows down so we can pay more attention to what he's actually doing um so even though there's like mass chaos happening around him we're still able to like follow very precisely like the way he's working his way through the fight and then that of course leads to the decision that he has to make the ultimate decision between his homeboy edgar and going after the the head lady in charge of everybody Hmm. What do you do think? we know her name? What, uh, I, I didn't yes. catch it in the movie. Yet. Did do. they say it? They said they said it a couple of times. Uh, That's uh, Tilda Mason. Right? Yeah, Mason is her name. Evans was too nice to her. Like even if you're gonna keep her as a hostage, she was. like yeah. I'm busting that nose big time. <laughs> like you're not recognizing her face. <laughs> it's not happening. I, I thought she was incredible. Just like uh, the, the acting performance Good. overall. Like because I, I think it's like this movie needs like some quirky funny characters and i think like there's that uh part where she's just coughing into the megaphone (laughs) one two one do we need that (laughs) yeah i know Uh, yeah and just like the way her mouth moves and she pulls out her teeth for no reason i think she's incredible yes so it is it's like one of she says that a lot throughout the movie it's like, yeah. so it is. Like, she thinks that that's, like, the ultimate, like, period on, like, mm-hmm. when you say something. And she's just yeah. like, so it is. And it's like, no, like, you, you're not answering any of our questions or helping us in any anything. way. You're just spouting <laughs> propaganda and then saying, so it is. <laughs> yes. 
I'm gonna start using that in my normal life. <laughs> the most disturbing part of the movie is when uh, uh, Mason, did we decide? Uh, yeah, that's, that her, that's her name, Mason. Uh, when she eats the protein bar no. and <laughs> just the faces she makes, it's disgusting. Because she knows what's <laughs> in hilarious. it. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, Honestly, yeah, but nobody eats counterpoint, like that anyway. Counterpoint, I'd rather eat those bars than human flesh. <laughs> that's true, that's absolutely <laughs> yes. true. Um, honestly, like that whole part, I feel like didn't have the impact it was meant to on me. Yeah. Like I saw them like grinding up bugs and I'm like, that's actually yeah. pretty clever. That's a clever way to feed everyone yeah. when there's not enough food to go around. Um, yeah. kind of makes sense. And so it's like the fact that like, that's all the people in the back of the train eat and the people in the front of the train don't ever have to eat that. That's really shitty. I totally yeah. am I'm not trying to say that like I'm on board with everybody just like eating protein bars made of bugs, but that's, yeah, no, that's, that's a good use of your resources. Regardless. I, I would rather eat bugs than starve. I, I'm well, not so that it, horrified it, by is, eating bugs. Is everybody else just eating sushi? Like is, is that like they're just eating fish? Was there no, any other food? They walk through the, the meat cooler where there's like a bunch of dead chickens hanging in the freezer. Right. And like there's like sides of beef. So they have like at least some cattle probably mm. on this train. With like how though? Also like I Maybe thought we okay. didn't see the farm car where they have like Five cows and <laughs> they, skip, they cut that, that part out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that part was boring. Was, they cut it out. I was thinking that, like, the steak that they kept talking about, I thought that was like children or babies Oof. that, like, they've discarded. Because what's the, uh, like, the, there's that one kid that does, like, uh, he's the, the kid that's all tatted up and stuff. And he yeah, was, yeah. he was born Oof. in the train. And uh, he, he helps he said, out uh, Gr- uh, Gilliam a lot. He like looks after right, him. right, right. That guy. He uh, he said that he had steak once a long time ago when he was little. Or and Edgar. Edgar said that. Edgar. Okay, Edgar. Okay, the names are very blood together. But he uh, he said something along those lines, and like the only meat that he probably could have ever had access to was yeah other. He's like, I think I had steak before. I can remember. It's like. Dude, you were born on the train. You've never had steak. I'm sorry to break this to you, but that that wasn't steak. steak, (laughs) Oh, man. That was your mother. Uh, We didn't even talk about the uh, Mason speech in the back of the train. Yeah. um, And what happens immediately after her speech in the back of the train. Um, So, like, her whole speech. Like, I, I... she can't I don't know. I can't I can't get on board with her tactic. One because she's just really seems like an evil person and takes joy in the misery of other people. Um yeah. but like Same. why would your tactic be I'm going to intentionally antagonize and belittle the people who are trying to, you know, fight back or the people that are like, you know, resisting. Because that's the whole reason she's there is that they saw a little bit of resistance and so they need to put everybody back in their place. And she thinks the best way to do that is to call everybody a shoe and know your place. Like, come on. How about let's just work on emphasizing the fact that without us all staying on this train, we all die. Let's focus on that part of it. 
when you're like There's trying to that. sell them on the idea of like staying under control. That's that's great and everything, but uh, historically speaking, dictators don't rock that way, and it's it's all about uh, putting them under the shoe, putting them under the heel. You know, like Stalin never uh, was like, let me uh, appeal to uh, anything besides death and destruction. Anything anybody that opposes me dies and is wiped yeah. out of history. What happened and, to him? I mean, that's kind of my point. (laughs) Right, right. But these tyrants think the same way. That's how they operate. Um, Because they think that's never going to happen to them. It it just seems like, you know, if there's, there's better ways of controlling people than she was implementing, the way she was doing was just seemed (laughs) more antagonistic. Like she was like, Hey, I'm just gonna keep poking this bear until it wakes up and attacks me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, Machiavellian uh, versus Sun Tzu, I guess. Yeah, you know? like. <laughs> and she like decides to like, I'm going to set the shoe on this man's head while we're talking about this. It's just so macabre just and disrespectful. Like, and yeah. then like, this guy's literally about to like lose his arm in front of everybody in you know basically what amounts to the equivalent of a public execution (laughs) and like Mm. you think that like oh yeah i'm gonna put this shoe on top of this guy's head that's not gonna enrage the crowd that i'm standing in front of oh yeah and the only thing standing between me and that crowd is a bunch of soldiers with empty guns (laughs) (laughs) they have working guns on the train why didn't they like one of those guys have a working gun right like just in case they need to like pull off just like make sure every gun has like a couple bullets just so everyone thinks yeah. that they have a full magazine mm-hmm. like yeah you don't know which one off. you don't know which one is the real gun <laughs> there's one here but you don't know which yeah. one it is and that's the thing is like if he had done the whole like grabbing the gun and pulling the trigger thing and like he's like they're like they got no bullets and then the other guy that was standing there with the gun just like pops off around everybody's running away like yeah. everybody's like no they actually do have bullets oh. just not that one. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy losing his arm too. I feel like that would do pretty much nothing to the crowd to like intimidate them. Because guess what? Everybody has one arm anyway. So yeah. what's like, what's one less guy like they losing? They're cutting his arm their own people? arms off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and feeding them to people. I think these people are pretty desensitized. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like yeah, okay, so. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen this one before. (laughs) (laughs) Means nothing to us. Revolution! Gillian, how he decided, like, I don't have an arm anymore, but I'm just going to, like, stick a a, a, a (laughs) umbrella handle on the end of my, like, arm as a prosthetic. That'll work, right? I mean, it God, works for him, I guess. Do. It's um, just like, I don't know if I would have rocked it, if I'm being honest. I don't know if I would have went that way. But, you know, good on him. It's, it's, uh, I'm also it's probably not the kind of he guy. Pulls it off. You can't really say until you're in that situation, but I don't think I'm the kind of guy to cut my own arm off. Um, mm-hmm. that, that takes a certain, that takes a certain kind of person to be able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if I have it in me. <laughs> no, see, I would, I would have done the thing. <laughs> Once I realized the situation we're in where people are starving and stuff, I would have been like, okay, kill me. 
and you can eat me. I don't care. But I'm not yeah. gonna serve. I'm not living. <laughs> yeah. What's the fastest way you can just kill me? Yeah, so choke can... me out. You know, I feel no pain. It's cool, and I'm out of here, man. Do what y'all want with my body. And then I go down as a hero, and I don't have to live through this bullshit. <laughs> You're like, I literally don't care who else you kill or eat on this train. Just make sure I'm first, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been like two days in too. Like we're not even hungry yet. Like yo, oh. you're like, but Take I am. <laughs> After they start going through the different parts of the train, and they go through the, uh, well, first of all, they go through what looks like a, a farm car. Like they have some sort of crops of some kind. That's the that's the part where like you end up seeing it later on where Nam. Is like, and then I looked out the window, and you won't believe what I saw. And then he's like, oh, never mind. That's the scene that he's talking about. He was in that car, and like, if you pay attention, he like is talking to his daughter, and then he just like looks off to the side, drifts off, and walks over there. And you never see what he's looking at. But he's like, he's high on Kronal, so he's probably <laughs> just hallucinating while staring at a tree that's in the corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, I saw a tree outside, guys. Like, this was crazy. <laughs> it's like, no, you're still in the train, man. <laughs> you know, like, drugs are cool. You should probably... <laughs> hey, kids. Drugs are cool. <laughs> drugs are cool, kids. <laughs> but uh, if you're going to take anything from me on this podcast is uh, do drugs when your environment is safe around you and you're not in a very high-risk situation. When you're plotting a revolution in the middle of an overthrow not the best time to do heavy drugs that's true yeah you gotta be a pretty crazy person to not have a bad trip while people are being murdered around <laughs> mm -hmm. you and i mean i feel uh, like i feel like he expected them because he they needed him to get to the front of the train and so he's like they'll, they'll protect me i'm sure these people will protect me they need me too much <laughs> Um, I feel like he's giving maybe too much credit to these people. Um, but he tried uh -huh. to stay pretty much with Evans the whole time, right? Like, while they were moving? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like... like I still have my wits I, around me. <laughs> and I, I, that, I think he's, he's a really really good character because like you like oh shit's going down and like oh and then it shows that guy and he's just like getting high again <laughs> yeah uh and it's you know and he's also you know valuable they need him to get through the doors and uh i don't know that's another it's another you know light spot of this movie that i really like uh, i agree i think we need to emphasize those those parts so there's the the part of the movie where they're like they're in the train car with all the guys with the axes and everyone's like on the ground because the train's like smashing through ice walls yeah. um and then like you look over and you see him just like holding his daughter around his back and like waddling through the middle of the car and it's like <laughs> what is he doing right now why are you even in that room <laughs> as as we move through the rest of that and then they get into the classroom why do they spend so much time in the classroom it seems like they stop there for no reason and just linger and it's like okay the kids aren't here we still need to make it to the front of the train. I'm not going to sit around and watch your propaganda movies about Wilfred. It does. Sing your propaganda it, yeah. songs about Wilfred. That's, I'm just going to keep going. That's the only reason why they're there is just so, so we can learn more about this Wilfred guy. Right. Uh, other than that, it makes no sense. Why would they? They, they should have killed that teacher like a lot faster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. And like the, the Eggman. 
who comes walking by. And why like, would they take Happy the eggs? New Year eggs. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's like, ooh, yeah, give me those. Go ahead. That's let this guy fishy. with a wheelbarrow past us into the back section that we just conquered. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, like nobody's getting past you, right? Like, yeah. if you're in that yeah, situation, no, anybody. Like, no, no, no. I'm not letting you do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I've only had protein bars for the last 18 years. I had a bite of sushi on my way over here. Fine. Maybe I'll crack open an egg because I'm still really <laughs> hungry. But like, also don't go past us. And then when he starts reaching for a gun or when the school teacher decides to pull out a gun, it's like, okay, let's kill both of these. Now we have a whole arsenal to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I've never even seen an egg before. And now you're just handing me hundreds of them. No, something, something's afoot here. Clearly. Oh, I don't even know chickens were real. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that like the, to the, the first class passengers or economy passengers, like, Apparently this is a thing because the teachers like the New Year's eggs are here. Oh yeah. Um, but what? like that's clearly not a thing that makes it all the way to the back of the train. So why would you let this guy continue to walk all the way to the back of the train? Everyone and, behind and he, you is either dead or from your same part of the train. So you know he's not going to be trying to give eggs to your people. And also, I'm not a farmer. I don't know much about chickens, but I know they don't lay eggs once a year. Like, <laughs> like all the, like these are mutated chickens or something that can only lay on New Year's. Like what? I don't. But when they do, they man, they, they really lay. <laughs> these damn once a year chickens. We just have so many eggs. I know yeah. New Year's eggs. <laughs> yeah, like a thing. Okay, and then I have another question about that. Because he picks up the gun, shoots Mason right in the face. She totally deserves it. Should have happened earlier. Yeah. Um, but then, where does he get all the extra bullets that he uses from? The, the teacher is, like, blasting bullets wildly into the car. And then, after she's taken out, and then he picks up the gun, after he kills Mason, he picks up the the magazine the extra magazine off the table and you can hear him switching out the magazines so he just put a fresh magazine into the gun and then when he goes over into the next part and he has the shootout across the turn he like shoots for a while goes hides behind the wall changes out his magazine again and then starts shooting again yeah that's a good point uh, and it's like, where where did those extra bullets, where did that extra magazine come from? There's like a phantom magazine somewhere in there. <laughs> there yeah, that, that's just a movie gunplay where like guns always have way more bullets in them than they should or unlimited magazine yeah. or whatever. I just And, and a guy who has probably never held a gun before in his life is just really <laughs> accurate. Uh, is there a range on this thing is the one of the cars have a shooting range on it like i don't know and these bullets seem pretty scarce so you're Uh, you're using up some a lot of those for whatever fool and it's like another one of those movie things do you think that the the gun that he had would even be able to travel as far as it did and get stuck in the glass like highly unlikely but Um, then even more so than that they're both constantly moving on this train. And so they have to take into account how fast they're moving. And then they have to lead their target from where he is to be able to get the shot to eventually meet the person. 
as the no as both items are moving. And it's yeah, like yeah. from this little handgun, the automatic handgun that you have, you're going to be able to pull that shot off. Like maybe the the guy with the rifle would be able to pull off a shot like that. But again, I think we run into the like, there's no way you're practiced enough to be able to pull off a shot like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you American sniper? Because <laughs> if you're not. And just like by default, I don't have to practice. I just, that's how good I am all the time. <laughs> It's pretty badass. How about the guy with the rifle? Like that, uh, I don't, he, he didn't have a name, did he? Uh, I, 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 I wrote him. I did, I, but. I wrote him as the mobster guy because he kind of looks like a mobster. Um, that guy was pretty badass, right? <laughs> that guy would not go down. Uh, and when he did go uh, down, he would Franco. just get back up and keep going. His name is Franco, Franco, is Franco name? the Elder. And then the other one is Franco the Younger. Did they say that? In I the hate movie? that I don't, so much. I don't, I don't think, think so. they actually mentioned the name of them, but I'm on the IMDb. <laughs> Franco the Elder. Yikes. Yeah, I don't like him as, as much anymore. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I hate yeah, that. That's, that's, that's not great. Um, but that dude's I mean, a Terminator. Like, that, the guy that is a Terminator. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after that shootout, they make it to the next car, which is the sauna, and somehow... Franco <laughs> is able to run all the cars that were in between them in the same amount of time it takes them to like get into the sauna. Like they just decide to hide there and wait for him, which is a terrible strategy, I think. Terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was gonna say the cinematography again. Like as soon as like that guy is walking in there, the yellow lights, like yeah, like the, the, the fog. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I've never seen a Turkish bathhouse before. I'm going to hang out in here. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's steamy in here. I need to ex exfoliate my skin. <laughs> I've never done that. Um, my shit trash. So then we have big fight scene in the sauna, which kills almost everybody else. <laughs> um, and leads to uh, what I usually refer to as the longest death scene ever put on film. Uh, so, so the the part where uh, this entire forget, movie's a death scene. <laughs> I forget the name of the character, uh, Tanya, Octavia Spencer. Uh, yeah, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Um, her death scene just like lingers for so long after she dies. Yeah, like she's, she's like slowly dying. Curtis is saying that he's gonna make sure to take care of her kid and get her kid back. And then she's like, thank you, and then dies. And then there's like Ooh. another 30 seconds of just like staring just at her. A still, yeah. yeah. It's just it, it doesn't move. And I'm just yeah. like, you uh, I, you could have cut. Okay, you could have cut. Okay, you could have still cut. And then there was still like 10 seconds after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, really drive that point home, you know? Yeah. I feel Remember like it takes space. me out of the movie because it lingers so long. Oh, that like okay. I'm, I, I, that it loses the effect that if she had just like died, we linger on her for like five seconds and then cut over to Curtis and see his reaction because yeah. we're all basically yeah, emoting yeah. based on how his reaction is to the situation. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like everything in this world is so terrible and horrible. The only way for us as viewers to know and be able to filter out what the really big substantial moments are is given his reaction. And so like 
when a lot of people are killed in battle, then he's just like kind of like takes a breather and he's like really upset. But then when Gillian dies, he's totally like out of his mind. He can't even hear people screaming at him around him until like eventually finally somebody gets through and she slaps him to like snap him out of it. So like without him, without seeing his reaction in that scene, it just feels like now we're just staring at this person who's supposed to be dead. Yeah, it got weird. So a- a- after she dies, the movie kind of like skips over the rest of the cars. Like we only get glimpses of the upper yeah. class. Because because who who's left at this point? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most everyone's de- dead. So it's like okay, let's let's kind of skip to the end. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, real quick too though. Uh, I mean, I suppose that's, you know, the metaphor, but if you are a middle class or above in this movie, the train's pretty fire. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, yeah. you're having fun all the time, man. Like, yeah. there are, like I said, there are rave cars where yeah. there's just a plethora of drugs, like crazy yeah. costumes. Yeah, everybody. Like, good looking people, like, this is a fire place if you're All not... the sushi you can handle. <laughs> yeah, man. This just... But only terrible. twice a year. But only twice a year. Oh, well, then they I'm twice a year. <laughs> oh, right. Damn. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the party train and uh, Nam is scooping up everyone's chronal off of their tables and people are screaming at him that they're going to kill him. And he just, like, keeps walking like it's no big deal. Um, yeah, do it. And then, like, they get to the only actual bottleneck we see in the whole movie, which is that one little, like, catwalk that goes into, the, into Wilfred's mm-hmm. area. Wilfred couldn't have like held back two guards to like hold the line <laughs> all the way down there at the end. That's the mm-hmm. spot where it's like you can let all these passengers get all the way up this far. If you're like packed with guards at the very end where they can only attack one at a time, then you've won. Especially if you still had your guns, just like they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of bad strategy on both sides. I mean, the- <laughs> No brilliant military strategist aboard this train, clearly. (laughs) Then we learn why Chris Evans hates himself. (laughs) I would, too. Wow. Yeah. So Uh, this is is the scene that made me completely turn off this movie, you know? (laughs) From ever being like, this is a good movie. This is the scene. Because up until that point, I'm like, all right, you know, like, I get it. All right, this is this is crazy. This is so sad and depressing, but all right. And then we get to that part. And I'm like, okay, even like the hero or who's supposed to be the hero, uh, the leader of this revolution is a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No. But man. at the same time, he has the conversation with Gilliam earlier um, after they've taken the water, the water car, uh, Curtis, Curtis is uh, is saying that it doesn't matter if we take ten cars or twenty cars, unless we take the engine, it doesn't matter. He's already proven that's his mentality because he left Edgar behind. So then the the conversation goes on, and he's like trying to strategize with Gilliam and saying like, you take people back to the back of the train, you run things from there and I'll take a small group with me from here. And Gilliam basically says, why do you do that? You're the one who's our leader. Like, why do you insist on trying to push me into that role? Um, He says, you just have to accept the fact that you're our leader. And his response to that is how can I lead if I have two good arms? 
that confused me when I heard that. When you like, first hear that, that you're like, I don't really get it. But then after he tells you about eating eating babies, <laughs> and uh, then he tells you the right. story because he because he didn't sacrifice one of his arms. Right. He because that's what a leader does. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, he, he wasn't Here, eat my arm. He wasn't uh, brave enough to stand up to do something that wasn't to not do the evil thing. I think is like really what he's getting at. You know what I mean? Like right. he made the bad choice, and that still haunts him. And so, like coming from like his standpoint as like a leader, like you should be haunted by your past because you did some really terrible things, but like. All that matters is what you do with your future. And we can get into what he does with his future in a second. But I just wanted to read this part that's... Okay, so it, it, this is part of the story that he tells. Um, oh, I'm going to again. Where he oh, says, God. He said, well, okay, I'll just I'll, I'll summarize. No, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. I, go ahead. <laughs> after killing a woman and stealing her baby, mm-hmm. a man walks up and tells a group of people to give him the knife. Everybody's assuming that that guy is going to kill the baby. But instead he takes the knife, cuts off his own arm, and says, If you're hungry, eat this and leave the baby. Now Curtis's response to that is, I've never seen anything like it. I bet you have it. <laughs> I'm like, no yeah. shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so you're telling me that you've never watched somebody cut off their own arm to keep you from cannibalizing a little baby? That's bizarre, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a one-off situation. Like most uh, people, if ever, don't run into that situation multiple times to where God, you're like, I, I, "I've seen yeah, this before." <laughs> Jesus. Um, like, oh, he's doing the thing. I've seen this. I just <laughs> thought it was really funny, and like, because I've seen this movie like three times, four times, like four times, and so the last time that I just watched it was actually like an hour before we started talking. And I was like, I was kind of just like skimming through it just to have any last minute things I wanted to add. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I got to that part and I was like trying to like really immerse myself in the scene. And then I thought about the line like that where he's like, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm like, no shit. And it just like distracted me from the intensity of the scene because I'm like, of course you've never seen this before. Nobody's ever seen this before. (laughs) <laughs> in the history of man yeah yeah most people yeah <laughs> yeah and like but the fact that like yeah curtis is not only eat, stealing a baby to eat but he also had to brutally kill the mother to take the baby yeah uh, eat the mom <laughs> eat the mom yeah Let's start there gotta the be mom. somebody else yeah to, but, but he said babies taste better taste so but he said babies taste best <laughs> I mean, honestly, in a situation where I have to eat another person in order to survive, I'm not going to be like a sommelier and like trying to like <laughs> taste all the like fruity notes <laughs> that are coming through in the meat. It's yeah. like, no, it's I'm like, just going to like, this is like, a, mm, I'm Jack, getting this Jack done. Better. <laughs> I'm not tasting anything. It goes straight down and nothing, no, nothing's been tasted. But what the I fact say, that we're even talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> suffice it to say it's not fun when you first that that bomb is first dropped on you when you're first watching the movie you're like i didn't expect yeah. th- that to just happen no it, nope didn't need it <laughs> but i will say pretty good acting by chris evans yeah 
yeah no that's a that's a, a good scene up. like it really yeah. it really draws you in yeah i'll never be able to look at captain america the same but besides you know that it's cool Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, this is actually part one of two for Snowpiercer, uh, so keep an eye out for our next episode. Or you could always just subscribe, and then you're notified immediately when a new episode comes on. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in part two. Probably thinking, should I eat her? <laughs> um, I mean, what the, we do, the right? Thought, the thought had to have crossed his mind. He's mm-hmm. like, that's steak. Like, we're not going to just leave her here. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the bathhouse. It's, she's tender right now. Yeah. We, we got so much meat in the tail section nowadays, guys. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. We made it, guys. Live like kings. Yeah. We made it. Steaks for months. <laughs> Steak and eggs, baby. Steak and eggs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steak and eggs in the... Oh, my God. Oh, God. Which uh... <laughs> is really hard-boiled eggs and human. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, we got that IHOP. Um, so... International human uh, something, something. Um...